you have a Bible, uh, we're going to be in Acts chapter 16 today. We're in a series. If you'd remain standing, we're going to read some scripture together. Uh, Acts 16, but uh, this series that we're in, uh, part two of Start to Finish, all of us, as we think about this new year and especially 2020, now we launch into this new decade and wow, what is it got for me? And as you look back on the past decade and where you've been and the good and the bad of that and we all want to start well and finish strong. We, that's what we desire. And, and sometimes we start well, but we don't finish strong. And God wants us to do both. And so what we want to try to help you with over the next few weeks is how do I do that? How do I, how do I walk this out? And I, we have kind of a verse that is weaving through all of this. It's written by the Apostle Paul. He wrote a letter to a young preacher named Timothy. And, and I want us to say this scripture together. But you, Timothy certainly know what I teach and how I live, what my purpose in life is. You know my faith, my patience, my love, and my endurance. So what Paul is saying here, this is so rich. Paul's like saying, I, I, I'm, I'm a teacher. I know what I teach. I know, in other words, I know what I believe, and I know this is how I'm living my life. I know what my purpose is. But he says, how do you live out that purpose? So this, this message in this series isn't about figuring out what God wants you to put your hand to the plow on. Okay, this is not like, how do I figure that out? But what miracles are you needing? What breakthroughs do you need? Where, what do you believe the dreams and the purposes and the destinies that God has for you? How do you do that? How do you accomplish that? And some of you, you're right in the middle of it, and you're like, how do I continue to, to plow this row that God is given to me. And Paul helps us with this. He says, it takes faith, patience, love, and endurance. So each week we're breaking that down. Last week, Pastor Daniel talked about faith to see the finish line. Today, I want to talk to you about patience to see the path. Patience to see the path. Acts 16. If you're new to church and you don't have a Bible, download version. And you can, when you get on there, just look for Core Church under the events tab. You'll see all the scriptures for today, different ways that you can get connected and you can get involved. It's a really, really helpful app. I think you'll love it. But if you are new to the scriptures, uh, we went through a series where we just recently went through the book of Acts, and this is the story of the early church. So this tells everything that was going on. And Paul, if you don't know, Paul was this guy who originally arrested and persecuted Christians, had a miraculous conversion, and then began, became one of the greatest preachers the world has ever known. He was a missionary, started churches all around the world. And so this is kind of the story also of Paul and his different journeys. And so this is in the midst of him going out and starting churches all over the world. So let's pick it up, Acts 16 and in verse 6. It says, next, Paul and Silas, who was one of his companions, traveled through the area of, of uh, Phrygia and Galatia because the Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. And then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north to the province of Bithynia, but, but again, the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. So instead, somebody say instead, they went on through Mysia to the seaport of Troas. That night, Paul had a vision. So when he says he has a vision, it's like he, he could have been a dream, could have been a picture in his mind of what he felt God was speaking. And it was a man from Macedonia, and he was standing there pleading, saying, come over to Macedonia 
and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once, having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. Father, right now, across this room are a lot of dreams, are visions that you've given to people. And they need to know how to walk this out in the coming year. There are people who are going through trials and struggles and trying to figure out, how, how do I navigate this? And we believe in the Spirit of the living God. Right now, church, the Spirit of God coming upon you in this moment to give you clarity, give you understanding, and give you confidence in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right, you can be seated. Well, if you've been coming to Core Church for any length of time, it's no secret that I don't like going to hospitals, Um, which is, I know, weird because I'm a pastor and that's part of the job description, but um, you just need to get over that because you all have something in your job you don't like either. So. But I, it's, and it's, and I don't know why, I just, um, Laura, she, she's great at it, and other members of our staff are. And I, I, anybody else struggle going and visiting people in the hospital? Am I alone? All right, this entire section is so holy and godly, I don't even think I can preach to them. They all, anybody like going to the hospital to visit people? That is disturbing. My wife has her hand, you, you, that's disturbing. Okay, Whee! anyway, anyway. Uh, I'm just, I'm just going to ask a favor, if I can. Um, if you get sick and you are admitted to the hospital, please don't go to St. Francis. Now, let me explain, because if you're a doctor or nurse, and you, St. Francis is one of the best hospitals in, in our state, honestly. It's an incredible hospital. But have you ever been there to try to visit somebody? How many of you have been to try to visit somebody at St. Francis? Show of hands. Okay, a lot of you have, some of you have not. Let me help you with this, okay? This is a public service announcement for you, okay? That place is like, uh, it's like being in the maze runner. I mean, it's just, it's just crazy. And it, and it starts in the parking lot. Like, when you go, if somebody is in the hospital, let me warn you, make sure you go into the right entrance. Because if you don't go into the right entrance at St. Francis, You may never come out until Jesus returns. (laughs) Jesus may not even be able to find you. It's bad. And and so when I go to the hospital, I'll go into the main entrance, and I always go up to that big desk where that sweet, little, kind old lady is sitting there, and she's like, may I help you, sir? And I'm like, yeah, I'm looking for room 679B. And she's like, oh, yes, so what you're going to want to do... You see that ramp there. You walk up that ramp. You're looking for the blue elevators. Okay, so there's signs, by the way, if you've never been there, different colors. It's all color schemed. And now you're going to see the green elevators on your left. Don't go to those. Keep moving. You're, and you're going to see the orange elevators. Don't stop there. Go past the orange elevators. You're going to make a left. Now, when you make your left, you're going to walk down that hall. You're going to see a nurse's station. Don't stop there. Don't ask for directions. Don't collect $200. Keep going. Go around the nurse's station, then you're going to want to make a right. Now, you're going to see some, a set of elevators. Don't take those elevators, sir. Keep going. Then you're going to come up. You'll see blue elevators. You don't want those. Those are the blue service elevators. Continue to move on. Then on the left, you'll see push, get up, and go. Oh, would you like me to write that down for you, sir? No. <laughs> 
I'll just figure it out. And then you go, and you're like, all right, I got this. I got this. Up the ramp, there's the sign. Don't use the green. Don't go to the orange. Looking for blue. Make the left. I'm on my way. There's the nurse's station. Don't stop at the nurse's station. Then turn around, make a right. There's two rights. You know what I'm talking about? Do I take the left right or the right right? I don't know which right I'm supposed to take, so I just guess. And then I take that one, and I come across something that looks maybe like blue. I don't know. There's a color blue somewhere, and I'm, I'm just getting, I'm just, here we get so frustrated, I'm just getting on an elevator. I'm just, I don't care. I'm going to get to the sixth floor. I'm going to figure this out. And then, have you ever gotten off an elevator on an abandoned floor? Like, there's no one. You're like, hello, hello. I think this is the morgue. <laughs> Lights are flickering. You're like, oh. Guy in a black apron comes around the corner. Can I help you? No, no, I'm, uh, I'm good. I think trying to navigate and find God's path that he wants you to take can be so much like that. You're like, God, just give me a sign, any sign, like anything. I, 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 I'll just, and then have you ever just like, you're just like, okay, I think, I, I think this is it. This is what God wants me to do. You ever been so confident? This is what God wants me to do. And then you do that, and then you turn the corner, and you're like, oh, that's a dead end. Okay, uh, back up. Okay, I'll go. Oh, here, this is the way God wants me to go. And then you take off down that road, and, and then that well, that, that's not the right way. And then you, you back up and then you ever find yourself just like, you feel like you're going in circles and then you end up like completely lost. You're like, I just need a sign. If you'd give me a sign, I'll take that path. I want you to write this down. This is where we're gonna go for the next few minutes. I need patience to see the path. I need patience to see the path. When we look at the Apostle Paul, I think you're going to look at him today in a whole new light that maybe, maybe some of you have been coming to church for decades, you've never looked at him in this light before, but I think you're going to see the Apostle Paul a little bit different today because the way we look at the Apostle Paul, we're like, oh my goodness, this is a guy who's incredibly highly educated and, and, um, and he's probably one of the top five people in the Bible that knows God, talks to God, and that we'd say, I mean, easily, right? Easily top five in all of Scripture. Highly educated, looks for God, talks to God, one of the top leaders in the church, yet he actually struggled himself to see the path. Look back at verse 6. It says, next, Paul and Silas, they traveled through the area of Phrygia and Galatia because, say this with me, what? The Holy Spirit had prevented them. The Holy Spirit had prevented them from preaching the word in the province of Asia at that time. Then coming to the borders of Mysia, they headed north to the province of Bithynia. But again, come on, say this with me. The Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. Imagine his frustration. Just imagine the confusion here in this, this moment. Especially like the guys that are, that are following Paul. They're like, yeah, Paul knows where he's going. We'll follow Paul. And Paul's like, yes, I have heard from the Lord. We are going to Asia. And Paul's like, takes off for Asia. 
Check that. We're going to Bithynia. Bithynia it is. Nope, that's not it either. I mean, can, can you imagine? And even for the guys, they're like, should we, should we be following this guy? Should, I mean, this is the guy we're doing. I mean, does this guy even know where he's going? Paul, I just imagine in that moment, it doesn't say this, but I just imagine that moment, Paul, Paul's like, Man, God, if you could just, like, a bright light or, you know, the voice from heaven, anything. Because that's what happened to him. If you know the story of Paul and his miraculous conversion to Christianity, a bright light shined from heaven and a voice from heaven spoke to him. Jesus spoke audibly to Paul, okay? I mean, that, that's pretty obvious, the path you should take. And I just think in this moment, Paul's like, hey, you just, a uh, voice, uh, anything, anything you could give me. I mean, give, give me something like, where's the path? Have you been there? You ever felt that frustration, that confusion? God, just a sign, like any sign is, can't there be like some kind of, oh, light, voice, something like, why, why won't God speak? Why won't God make the path clear and obvious? I'm here to tell you, I've been walking with Jesus for three decades. He does not always make the path clear and obvious. In fact, most of the time, it's not clear and obvious. We, we want God to tell us exactly where to go and what to do. But oftentimes, what God does, the way that he shows us the path is by showing us where not to go and what not to do. That's, that's what he did here with the, with the Apostle Paul. He, Paul wanted to go to Asia. I'm supposed to go to, to Asia. But, but God said, that's not where I want you to go. What did Scripture say? It says the Spirit prevented him. So then he's like, all right, well, I'm going to go to Bithynia. That's it. I'm going to go to Bithynia. But what? God said, no, that's not it either. That's not where I want you to go. In fact, it says the Spirit of Jesus did not allow them to go there. But what I, I like about Paul is he wasn't afraid to fail. He wasn't afraid to take a misstep. He wasn't afraid to travel down a path and it be the wrong path. It was as if Paul, throughout his journeys, if you read his stories, it's like as if he's saying, you know what? I'm going to keep moving forward until God tells me otherwise. I'm just going to keep pressing forward until God tells me otherwise. A friend of mine, many of you know, Arturo Liptak. Um, I don't think he's in this service. He was in first service. But Arturo is a leader on our guest services team, and I was talking with him last week. And he was telling me that he was putting up his uh, Christmas decorations in the attic. And, and he was down to the final three boxes, and he was telling me that, yeah, as, as he um, was putting the boxes up, he was being very careful where he stepped. Or so he thought. He said he was down to three boxes, and as he grabbed one of the boxes and turned, this is what Are you happened. Sure? Okay. He said that he stepped. Anybody ever done that? Stepped in a place where was the wrong step, his leg went through it. He said if it hadn't been for the braces, the, the, the beams in, in the attic that caught him, he would have ended up on the kitchen floor. 
So he's hanging there with his foot through the, the ceiling, hanging there, and he's yelling out to his family for help. Somebody help. Thank goodness his daughter, Veronica, heard him. She came running and captured that video. So he's hanging there. She's capturing the video, putting music on it, uploads it to social media. Before Arturo can even get out of the attic, one of his friends texts him and said, are you okay? Sometimes you're going to misstep. Sometimes you're going to go down the wrong path. Sometimes you're going to fail and you're going you're to make a mistake. And, and the crazy thing is, is sometimes, like the Apostle Paul here in Scripture, sometimes everybody sees it and everybody knows about it. And sometimes it's, it's just brutally embarrassing. I like how Oprah, she reframed failure. She said this about failure. Failure is just life trying to move us in another direction. Failure is just life trying to move us in another direction. Like, you gotta give yourself permission to fail. Come on, turn to three people right now and say, you have my permission. Come on, three people, you have my permission. You have my permission. This is the thing you need to understand. God is big enough to get you back on the right path. It's not like he's like, oh, well, <laughs> now you got and done it. Can't fix that. No, God's bigger than that. He can get you back on the right path. In fact, many times he uses our failures and our missteps to show us what not to do, where not to go, and, and then points us in the direction that he wants us to go in. But I think this is why so many people will hesitate to choose a path. This is why so many people will, will just not attempt anything great in their life. They're like, what? If I, if I, but if I try that, what if, what if it's the wrong path? And I just think there, you can't always just pray and think and talk about it and pray about it, think about it, and talk about it. And some people, they just want to pray about it, think about it, and talk about it. Pray about it, think about it, and talk about it. some point, you have got to step out on a path and walk a path and discern and see, is this the path that God wants me on. And you have to be willing to be wrong. When I was in my 20s, my dream car was a Mazda Miata. Some of y'all got to Google that one. I don't think they make them anymore. I thought it was a sweet little sports car. I, love, I was like, I am getting that car. Man, that is the coolest car ever. I would look at ads in magazines and, and uh, commercials on television. I would drive by car lots, and I would see it. I'm like, oh, man, I tell Laura, this, this is my dream car, cherry red, convertible. And then the fair rolled around, and, and I went to the fair, and, and I walked into the Expo Square Pavilion. And during the fair, they, you know, they have all the new cars displayed in Right there in the middle of the Expo, Expo Square Pavilion was my dream car, the Mazda Miata. 
It's like, oh my goodness. So I walk over to this car of mine and I stand next to it and it hit me right here. Huh. I wasn't going to give up. I thought just maybe that seat might go back far enough. So I, I opened the door, got in, put the seat back, scrunched in, and thought, perfect. <laughs> this is going to be great. You've you got to be willing to make some missteps. You've got you to gotta try stuff. You gotta experiment. Our, our staff, we, we talk a lot as a staff about experimenting. We're, we're gonna experiment. In other words, we're gonna, we're gonna try something for God. We're gonna walk down this road. It might be the right thing. It might not be the right thing, but, but we are going to give it our, our best shot. We're gonna see if it works. And here's the thing about Paul that I want you to understand, though, very clearly is Paul wasn't haphazard in his decision-making. Okay, he wasn't just winging it. All right, let's just try this. Hey, let's try Asia. Hey, let's try Bithynia. Hey, let, no, 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 no. He, he, this... He, he was focused in on God, looking to God and trying to discern, is this the path that God wants me to be on? And I think so, what happens to a lot of us, we're like, man, if, if I'm righteous, if I'm holy, if I come to church and commit to it, if I read my Bible and if I pray, then I'm, I'm, I won't get it wrong. Can I help you to breathe easy a little bit today? When you look at the life of Paul, Paul was righteous, he was holy, he was educated, he was an incredible leader, and he got it wrong. Paul got it wrong, but Paul kept seeking after God. He kept seeking after God until he found the path that God wanted him to walk. I think what happens to a lot of us who follow Jesus is we have lost the ability to listen for God and listen to God, and we've lost the ability to wait on God. And one of the reasons, I think, it's not the only reason, but I think one of the reasons is just simply we're in a Google generation. Like you can Google anything. Like you don't have to wait, right? Like I don't have to wait for an answer. Hey, Google it. We can fact check anybody. Like you, somebody says something to you, you can fact check it. You, you want opinions, you can go on the internet, you can get hundreds of them, and you certainly don't have to wait around for anybody's opinion. You just, you just watch and go to the internet, quick, boom, I don't have to wait, I don't have to do anything. And listen, here's the thing about listening to God. Listening to God takes incredible patience, which most of us do not have. It takes incredible self-discipline and self-sacrifice to listen, to say, all right, I'm going to carve out space, and I'm going to get on my knees before God. I am going to pray. I am going to look to the Word. I am going to focus on Him. I am going to listen intently, and most of us don't have the patience to do that. And like the 2020 day of prayer is coming up. Can I tell you that to, to come on Saturday is going to require self-sacrifice. 
It's going to require something. It's not easy. You're like, oh, man, but I got five things going on. I'd love to come, but we got a game, and then I got an appointment, and I got work. And it's, it's 20 hours of prayer and fasting. Oh, man, I, but, you know, and then other than that, I'm sleeping, and I'm certainly not getting up at 2 a.m. to pray, okay? Seriously, I ain't praying at 2 a.m. Really? But yet you want a breakthrough. You want God to answer your prayer. You want God to come through. You want God to speak, but you're like, I need my sleep. You, it takes incredible discipline to say, you know what? I am going to get up. I am going to sacrifice sleep. I am going to fast. I am going to pray. I am going to seek God. I, let me just tell you in all transparency, I will be up and I will be praying and I will be fasting for 20 hours, all 20 hours. I don't say that to you to brag or to tell you that's what you need to do, but I know the gravity of what it means to stand on this stage and try to interpret the scriptures and the words of Almighty God and every word you could take and use it. I, I, I better get on my face before God. I tell pastors all the time, man, if you ain't praying, you need to resign. But I'm telling you, are you willing? Are you, just think back on the last week. This, just think this last week. Were, did you, were you self-disciplined? Did you sacrifice and get before God and pray and seek his face and, and be in the word and, and look to him so that when you got, to the, got here on Sunday and you look back on this past week and you're like, you know, yeah, um, I sought God all week long. All week long, I was seeking him, and I, you know, I think this is the path I'm supposed to be on. As far as I know right now, this is the path I'm supposed to be on, but I'm pretty confident in that right now because I look back, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I've been praying. Or, or do you say, well, I, uh, oh, man, hadn't thought about praying or reading the Bible, <laughs> honestly, any of that until I got here, until you just now said that, and whew, uh, ouch. So what that means is, if you've not been praying, if you've not been reading the word, if you've not been self-disciplined and self-sacrificing and carved out time and shut off the TV show, shut off the game, said no to your family and your friends, whatever it takes, and I'm carving this out every day. Listen, you're gonna, you got to the end of the week and you have no idea if you are walking in the purposes and plans of God. You just don't know. You say, oh, I know. No, you don't. You don't know. Because you've not been talking. You've got to talk and you've got to get before God. And it requires great discipline and sacrifice. Write this down. Knowing God's path can only be found by knowing God. Knowing God's path can only be found by knowing God. I know no other way. I'm just telling you, I've been following him a long time. I know no other way to know what God wants other than knowing him. Paul knew God. And here's the interesting thing. Paul knew God, so he knew the difference between a roadblock and a speed bump. Paul knew that Asia was a roadblock, but he knew that Jerusalem was a speed bump. Last week, we talked about that. Pastor Daniel talked about how Paul said, I have got to go to Jerusalem. And, and he said that what, what awaits him, if you're here, you remember, he said, but jail awaits me, persecution awaits me, hardship awaits me. What he was saying is, it's not a roadblock, it's a speed bump. And he knew that that is what 
is ahead of me. And I think, unfortunately, for a lot of us who follow Jesus, we don't know the difference between a roadblock and a speed bump. And many times we're quitting and we're giving up when we're not supposed to quit and we're not supposed to give up. And many times we're pressing forward when you're not supposed to be pressing forward. And the only way you can tell the difference between a roadblock and a speed bump is by knowing God and trusting his spirit to speak to you and show you what to do. What, here's, just listen, think of it this way. Many, I think a lot of people interpret hardships and setbacks as roadblocks when really they're just speed bumps and they quit and they give up too early. Write, write this down. The path is often painful. The path is often painful. Matthew eleven twelve. Jesus said it this way, the kingdom of heaven The kingdom of heaven has been what? Say this with me, what? Forcefully advancing. Not easy. Speed bumps, difficulties, struggles. Why? And and because violent people are what? Attacking it. In, In other words, people will come up against you. The vision and the dreams and the desires and the hopes that you have for your life, they'll come up again. There'll be setbacks There will be betrayal. There will be confusion. There will be lonely, lonely days. Like walking out God's plan and staying on the path is not going to be easy. We we just celebrated our 300th prayer gathering on Wednesday night. 300 prayer gatherings. So can we just give God some praise for that? Come on, let's just thank God for how... It has not been easy. In 2014, I was on the phone with Pastor Al Toledo. He's the pastor of the Chicago Tabernacle. And he told me, he said, Brad, you got you to put your head down and not look up until you've had 300 prayer gatherings. And that was 2014, and I knew that meant 2020. I knew it was six years, and it was not easy. In fact, prayer, you want to pray, that's the one thing the enemy will come up against harder than anything in your life because that's where you really get your breakthroughs. He didn't want you at the 2020 day of prayer. He doesn't want you on your knees tomorrow morning. He doesn't want you on your knees tonight. He will do everything he can to keep you off of your knees. So we started in 2000. We've been going a while, but we continued. And and I remember there was just a few people coming, and then we, we had about 20 coming, and then I grew it to six. It was hard. It was difficult. But we tried stuff. We said, all right, well, let's, let's, we tried to discern the, the path. And I remember one time we had a, a, a chapel. We just said, let's have like a ta- chapel-type service. And we did that for a little bit, and it was pretty good. But then we're like, no, that's not what God wants. And then we, so we were in my office, and I remember, well, let's, let's have worship. And, and I remember when uh, Daniel would come in with his, with his guitar, and we would start with worship. And it was good, and, but, but then we were like, oh, this isn't really what we're supposed to do. And I, and I just remember people were like, why are you doing this? What, maybe we should give up. Maybe we should quit. Why are we doing prayer? And I don't, I don't know. And I remember we just, but I knew it was not a roadblock. I knew that it was a speed bump, and I knew that we had to persevere. We had to press forward. We had to keep moving because I knew that the enemy was coming up against it. And what I knew, the words of Jesus, we were going to have to forcefully advance. What is it you need a breakthrough for? What is it that you need God to do? What are you believing for as far as dreams and visions and hopes for your life? You are going to have 
to forcefully advance. Forcefully, because the enemy will come up against you and will attack it. And you will have to forcefully advance. That's why you need patience for the path. So Paul says this in verse 9, that night he had a vision. He said, a man from Macedonia in northern Greece was standing there pleading with him, come over to Macedonia and help us. So we decided to leave for Macedonia at once. Say these two words with me. Having concluded. Having concluded that God was calling us to preach the good news there. Think about this. This is, the, this is Paul. There's no angel. There's, there's no voice from heaven. There, there's, there's no light. Nothing. He just... Having concluded, I sought God, looked after God, this is my best guess, is what we're supposed to do. I I think there's two things that really led to Paul's conclusion that this was God's path. I think this will will help you. Number one, the path involved his call to preach. Paul, as we read in in, uh, 1 Timothy, or 2 Timothy 3.10, that that he had this, this call and this purpose on his life, like to preach the gospel. This, this was Paul's life purpose. Write this down. God's path will connect with my purpose. God's path will connect with my purpose. Let me explain that. Uh, as you know, Laura and I and Sybil Hawkinson and also uh, Jody Guy, who... Uh, runs I Am Not Forgotten in, in Ethiopia. We're getting on a plane. We're going to Ethiopia at the first week of February. What led to that, that you may or may not know, was the journey of 2018. I had no idea. Ethiopia was nowhere on my radar. I wasn't even thinking about Ethiopia. But through a set of circumstances, a, a call came for us to go to Ethiopia. And would we go and would we train pastors and leaders? Well, I said yes to that, and, and that same, the exact same day that I said yes, I remember when it was because I, I, I came downstairs, I loaded my bag, I got in my car, and I drove to the, to the monastery in Pryor, Oklahoma, where they, they have the, the monks are there, and I, I've talked about that many times from the stage, and, and I spent a week, a, a week in prayer, and I do this every year, I'm getting ready to do it again in a couple weeks, go on a prayer retreat, our staff does this. Uh, because we believe prayer is foundational to what we do. And so I was at the monastery, and I remember it was about 2 o'clock in the morning, and I woke up, and, and just to be candid and real, um, I was in a monastery, and it was super really quiet, and we were way out in the woods, and it was dark and kind of cold, and I thought, at any minute, is a monk going to come around the corner in one of those hood things and be like, ooh, <laughs> to which I would go, ooh. Once I got over that, I started thinking, what am I doing? We can't go to Ethiopia. This is stupid. What? I have no business going to Ethiopia. What? And I remember laying in that bed for like two hours. That's right. I have no business going to Ethiopia. God, this is crazy. I'm so sorry, God. I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know why I said yes. I guess I have to call him back and tell him no because I, this is, I can't go to Ethiopia. And I, I went to sleep. I got up the next day. And I was out walking the grounds of the monastery, beautiful grounds, through a wooded area, talking with God. And I remember God just speaking to me, not audibly, but just hearing him speak, his spirit speaking to my spirit. And him telling me, Brad, think through your purpose profile. Think through your purpose profile. Now, those of you who've been through Discover Purpose, which is, we're doing the next one in February, 
you know what that is. You know what your discover, uh, your purpose profile is. When you go through Discover Purpose, you're going to get a Discover Purpose profile, and it outlines all the various gifts and abilities and personalities, different things in your life, and it gives you kind of a view of who you are and how God has created you and how to move forward. And I began to walk through my purpose profile, and I do this a lot, and I walked through it, and as I began to walk through it and look at the different ways in which God has wired me, in ways in which he's given me abilities and gifts, and all of a sudden I realized I can't not do this. I have to do this. I was destined to do this. This is what God created me for and to do. And I remember the confidence that came over me. Why? Because I knew the path was connecting with my purpose. Number two, the path was also a call to help people. Remember in the scripture, it was a call from a man that said, come over to Macedonia and help us. Write this down. God's path will connect me with people. God's path will connect me with people. I want to invite our worship team to come. And while they're coming, I want to explain that one to you for just a moment. We, as you know now, we have an Ethiopian church that is now meeting here on Sundays. In fact, right now, as we are worshiping, they are worshiping right next door in the youth facility. And their children are in core kids right now. It's just such a beautiful thing that we could have never put together on our own, completely orchestrated by God. But the way that came about was a couple of months ago, I was at a funeral and a man came up to me after the funeral and he began to speak to me and he was speaking to me in broken English. I couldn't quite understand what he was saying to me, but through conversations and through uh, some communication that we had, I found out that they were an Ethiopian church and they had no home. They needed a place to be able to worship. And they wanted us to know, would we help them? Your path will connect you with people, people that need help, people that are crying out, will you help? Listen, you're never a failure when you're helping people. You're never a failure when you're helping people. Last week, Laura and I went over to their service and they invited us over and we got to welcome them as we began to talk to them, you could see these smiles. They were so excited to have a church home. And some of them began to weep, like openly weep. They were so grateful. You can never go wrong helping people. So God has a path for you in 2020. And there's going to be some roadblocks and there's going to be some speed bumps. And you're going to have to discern that. And you're going to have some, some setbacks and some challenges. And you're going, to, you're going to walk down a path and it's going to be the wrong path. Are you willing to walk down the wrong path? Are you willing to fail? Are you willing to make a mistake? And are you willing to let God do a course correction? And are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to say, I'm going to be so self-disciplined to get before God, to hear his voice, to let him speak to me. And I promise you this, that if you will do that, God will orchestrate what he has for you in his life. He will make the path clear to you. You will walk the path and you'll see the visions and the dreams and the hopes that you desire fulfilled because you walk that path.